I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Should we start the episode by making an announcement since it's coming out on Friday? Oh, yeah. Let's definitely do that. Tell us what's going on, Keegan. So we now have some merch. Because Keegan is amazing. I almost dropped my phone yesterday when you sent me the picture of the first one you did. I was so excited. Well, it's something that we've been talking about for a while. And Madigan actually put together some really cute designs. So we're going to be regularly releasing new merch using some of those designs that Madigan's come up with. Uh, But we do have a limited time kind of holiday themed sweater type merch item yeah (laughs) (laughs) that will be available at the end of this week through the holiday season so go to our instagram to check that out you can go to the link in our bio and it will link to our threadless shop which will uh, show you all of the designs we currently have four designs up uh, and lots and lots of different products so you can get like sweaters t-shirts mugs etc notebooks i'm so excited to have all my own merch yeah (laughs) Oh, yes. I listen. They tell you they're like, don't wear your own merch. I'm literally wearing a My Worst Day tank top right now. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If like I didn't know you, I wouldn't know that you were the host of My Worst Day. Listen, you got to promote your own stuff. Right. Self-promotion, everybody. Networking. Believe in yourself. Yes. But also believe in us. So go check out that. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) Maybe pick up a Slay the Patriarchy sweater for your next holiday party. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) You all are going to love it so much. I'm so excited for everyone to see it. Me too. All right. 
rule. Oh, thanks. We <laughs> rule. We rule. We rule so hard. <laughs> All right, let's jump into stories this week. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, why don't you go first? Because I have a feeling a lot of the things we're going to talk about might be similar. Well, this actually is something that was brought to our attention on Instagram by a listener a while ago. Okay. Uh, they asked us to cover this and I apologize for not getting to it until now. The news cycle has been... A mess? A bit nutty. Uh, Which, actually, before we get into this, we should address the fact that we talked about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse last week before the verdict came in. Uh, So our episode went up the day that the verdict came in. So just to at least acknowledge that, um, yes, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all counts. Uh, it's awful and terrible. And I had a very bad day because of it. I actually do have a few things on Kyle Rittenhouse and just with kind of the thing that I sent you yesterday with mm-hmm. the Tucker Carlson thing. Do you mind if I touch on that really quick? Yeah, why don't we do that Just first, since then. you mentioned him. Okay, yeah. so I sent Keegan a video yesterday and I really wanted to talk about with it with you on the air. Um, so throughout the trial... Rittenhouse and Tucker Carlson struck up some sort of deal with Fox News where he's going to get like Tucker's going to get the exclusive after the verdict. And so he did this like hour long interview. And then there's also going to be a full on documentary film, which is going to be made by Tucker Carlson originals. Yeah. Yeah. Tucker Carlson had actually announced that he was doing that a while ago. And it's it's not specifically about Kyle Rittenhouse. It's kind of about like the January 6th insurrection, um, among other things. But he was interviewed for it. And he was being interviewed throughout his trial, right. which is just gag, you know? Yeah. And the thing that I wanted to mention, because it was the thing that pissed us off the most, I think, is when he was discussing um, his views with Tucker Carlson, he was saying, I'm not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. Okay. I support peacefully demonstrating. This case has nothing to do with race. It never had anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense. Uh, make it make sense. Seriously. Right? It doesn't. Like, make it make sense. You it's going to go into something that we talk about a little bit later when we talk about the Ahmad Arbery trial. Right. But you can't claim self-defense when you were provoking action. Yeah. Like y- you showed it's the up. the thing that doesn't make, because he's claiming that it was the victims that instigated the violence first and he had to kill them to make it stop. By but the it's very so nature of you clear. showing up with an AK to a peaceful demonstration, yep. you were provoking violence. And, he, and yet he's saying, I support peacefully demonstrating. No, you don't. I don't get what he's trying to do here. That's the thing that's weird to me because I feel like he has such a strong, like, I even hate to say base. It but is a base. It's a base. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. He's got, I mean, he has people on the right that are offering him internships right now. Yeah. Like, he's become this, like, icon well, of like the right. Six hours before that interview with Tucker Carlson, he was posing with, White supremacist, like he known was at, white supremacist. He was at a bar with the Proud Boys recently, and there were pictures of him there, like all this stuff. So that's why I don't understand what his objective is by even saying that he supports Black Lives Matter, because that doesn't go with his base. I just don't understand what he's trying to. I don't know either. Do. I genuinely don't know either. I don't know if he knows. Yeah, like I don't I, think this, so. This whole time, that's he's kind got of, the stupidest fucking face. <laughs> I hate his face. Not to absolve, not not to absolve him of any responsibility. Like obviously, you know that I think that he is fully responsible for all of the decisions that he's made. Right. However, like I don't know that, and I feel like this is the case for a lot of younger people. 
on the right, I don't know if they know like what they really believe in or if they're just like regurgitating things that they've seen and heard. And like, I think that that probably is what led him to go to Kenosha in the first place. Right. Well, because I remember when we discussed it, you know, forever ago, his mom was involved in the story. I, I don't remember it all so clearly, but well, I remember like, him, I think that's, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Like the mom was aware and all that kind of stuff. And if you do think about it, you know, most of the time when we're 17, 18 years old, we do still carry the religious, political, et cetera, beliefs of our parents and Certainly. our families and things mm-hmm. like that. This I think is like to a fucking extreme. Um, but yeah, it, it is very, it's just very bizarre to me that he would take a stance of being not on the right. I think that he, I think that despite it all, because he doesn't actually hold any genuine values or beliefs that aren't just regurgitated from his family or what he's been fed, I think that he doesn't want to be seen as bad or racist. Like, yeah. You know, like not, e- like even in this like situation. Like he's trying to change the narrative of why he did what he did. Like, because he's saying it Absolutely. had nothing to do with race. It was just. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, guess. I, I don't if know. If you supported the Black Lives Matter movement, then why were you at a protest with an automatic weapon? Yeah, I mean... There's a, no reason. A counter-protest, essentially. Like, it was a counter to the Black Lives Matter protest that yeah. was happening at the time. Like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. The only way that I can just... Like, not justify it, but the only way that I can make any sense of it in my head is that he doesn't want... He, he wants all of it. Like, he wants his cake and to eat it, too. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to anyone like, to hate him, maybe. Right, yeah trying to like de-ruffle some feathers maybe it's not working it's not working it's oh not my working god one there, bit there's nothing that like he made me even more furious when i saw that clip like it didn't help matters no and I, I like i don't mean this like to be making fun of anyone's like physical appearance but seriously fuck his face i hate his face like it's just everything huh? everything that is like so gross and crybaby about him is just always all over his face and i just want Right, right. So when we say that, we just it's not about like anything to do with his actual physical appearance. Right, it's, it's not his looks. It's just it's like, what he represents. And you can just see it on his yeah. stupid fucking face yes. when he cries, when he talks. I just want to smack him. Yeah. I smack him real good. Yeah. Don't get me near him. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that way right now. You might have to bail me out somewhere. <laughs> are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, okay, so this is something, like I said earlier, that was brought to our attention on Instagram by a listener. Because we get so many DMs on our Instagram, I couldn't find the user who requested this. So I am so sorry. Uh, but if you're listening, please reach out and we would be happy to credit you or give you a shout out on the show the next episode. The show. So uh, there have been a growing number of reports of people having their drinks spiked with needle injections in bars yes. and nightclubs across the UK. Okay. So it actually was an email, not an Instagram Oh, well, that'd be why I couldn't find it. Yes, because I did see it, and I believe that person did want to remain anonymous. I was actually having a hard time. I was Googling it earlier about, like, spiking in drinks. I didn't look up a specific area, but I was having a hard time finding... It came up for me right away, but... Okay, well, I'm sure I looked up the wrong thing then, I did search by the United Kingdom because it is something that's very prevalent that's happening there. I think I thought it was in the United States. No worries. (laughs) Uh, But hundreds have reported to police that they have been drugged via injections, according to Britain's National Police Chiefs Council. So while both men and women have reportedly been drugged, of course, the overwhelming number of cases involve young women. Mm -hmm. So earlier this month, police in Sussex made two arrests in connection with these druggings, a 28-year-old man and a 19-year-old man. So with, I just have a really quick question. When Mm -hmm. you're saying injections, Mm -hmm. that to me sounds like a shot. So from what I've seen, it is actually like a needle injection. But then how are they doing this? They they have um, injected things into beverages. Oh, so it's not like a needle in the arm. Well, but other cases have reported that they have had marks on their bodies. Oh, my God. Like they're out on a bar mm-hmm. and like someone can just like stick them with a needle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terrifying. Yeah. That would hurt. So too. it seems like both of those things are happening. There's, oh, my gosh. I, I hate to call it a trend, but that's kind of what it is. It's like a new... Um, drugging trend, like a new roofie trend, like uh, moving away from like powders and pills. It's so obvious though. Like, wouldn't you think that somebody would like feel you being jabbed with a needle? I mean, I guess you would, but at the same time, you're drinking, then you get caught. you're having fun and you're so in like close contact I guess. with people that you might not feel it until later. Like there like, was a serial um, slasher uh-huh. Like where people would get home and then they would find like that they're like they had a cut on the back of their leg. Oh, my gosh. Or something like that. And, and it's just like some sort of psychological thing where we're if we're not like. Yeah. It's really focusing on those it. people who are just pure like chaos. They just want to cause chaos. Right. But you might. So like you might not acknowledge that that's what happened. Like I've definitely gotten home me, from the club and had like scrapes and cuts and stuff. Like Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, like the needle thing just seems really intense. And also it seems kind of like I'm not trying to give the assailants like advice here, but it almost sounds like riskier than slipping some powder in a drink because what if the person felt it and you got caught? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
there have also been cases of the injections going into the beverages. Right, right, right. right. And that one would be that you wouldn't know. Right. To me, though, to like your point, it does seem like it'd be more risky to pull something out. Like it seems like you would see it more. That's a good point. But on the other side of that, if there's a lid or something on the beverage, you could get through that. Like, because I think more and more mm. people are covering their beverages. And you just stick the top with a needle mm-hmm. and, oh, God. And then you can inject it that way. So People are disgusting. Yeah, I hate people. It's terrible. And it's it's so weird and scary. Um, but so there were, there were two arrests made in Sussex. Some of the victims, like I said, had their drinks injected while others found injection marks on their bodies. Uh, the council has asked departments across the UK to provide numbers for how many allegations they had received over the course of a two month period like October, November. Wow. So at the end of October, the deputy chief constable, Jason Harwin, who is the council's drug lead, said British police had received a total of 56 confirmed reports of alleged spiking incidents involving some kind of injection and at least 198 reports of drink spiking over the same time period that had been received. They just haven't been confirmed. Wow. Uh, yet. And so that number could be higher. So yeah. they are urging people who feel like this is something that may have happened to go f- come forward so that they can have a more accurate count. Right. Um, this this whole situation led to citywide strikes of nightclubs and bars across the UK in which people demanded better safety measures be put in place, including mandatory checks at the doors for drugs and weapons. Mm. They dubbed this boycott, this boycotting campaign, Girls' Night In, and it saw protesters gathering in city streets, including in Manchester, where demonstrators could be seen in photos holding up signs with slogans like, Girls just want to have fun, not get spiked. So prior to this public outcry, unsurprisingly, uh, women reported that their claims of having their drinks spiked on nights out were not being taken seriously by local authorities. Well, that's the thing is it's when you were talking about encouraging people to come forward and report it. There are so many reasons why people don't report things like that. And I'm sure that for me, if I were drugged, I'd be like, was I? Was I really drugged? Am I overreacting? Like, I think there's a lot of ways that we can talk ourselves out of reporting something especially if it's something kind of scary as someone who's been drugged in a in a bar certainly like you you don't like the next day there's so much confusion Mm -hmm. about what happened and then there is so much like self-doubt and blaming of yourself as well because you might be like did I just drink too much did I black out yeah you know is that what happened was it my fault that Mm -hmm. it happened to me yeah yeah so it's not surprising that the women who did go forward or come forward, I, I won't say women, I'll say people because it right. did, you know, happen to everyone, uh, that the people who did come forward were not being taken seriously by authorities until this gained traction. So it did gain traction on social media okay. with women recounting their stories. Okay. Uh, and there was just such a large number of people coming forward on social media and saying, I think this is a thing that happened to me that they had to take it seriously. Yeah. You know, they couldn't ignore it. Right. So it's good that they're now taking it seriously. It sucks that it has to get to this point in order for for it to be taken seriously. So Mm -hmm. everybody everywhere, but specifically in the UK, um, just stay safe out there. Be careful. Uh, I wasn't able to find anything on this story from the last couple of weeks, like the last article I was able to find was from like 
November 7th or something like that. So if there are any updates, please feel free to let us know. But I really wanted to touch on that. So thank you so much to the listener who reached out and um, asked us to cover it. Yeah, be safe. And then also, if you feel like something may have happened to you, you know, it's okay to report it. It's okay to talk to somebody about it, even if you're questioning it. And we're all here for you. We support you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we talk about the verdict for the horrible men who murdered Ahmaud Arbery. Yes. So, you know, last week we had the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and it was unsurprising, but of course still traumatizing and disappointing. Yeah. This week we have the verdict for the Ahmaud Arbery murder case uh, in which three men were accused of murdering Ahmaud Arbery, something that we saw again, once again on um, film. Don't know that we actually need to cover this again, but just in case you're new here and you missed it, Ahmaud Arbery was a 25 year old man who was hunted, um, basically, and murdered in Georgia last February. So um, his case gained a lot of traction last summer, and the three men who were accused of his murder were convicted. They were all found guilty. Which, honestly, to me, was more surprising because... I was telling Keegan, I did my notes this morning before I went to work. So I was doing a lot of research on the closing arguments Mm -hmm. and how different legal analysts were feeling about things and stuff like that. And I really didn't feel that great about it, especially because the jury was almost completely white. There was one black juror. Mm -hmm. So honestly, by design, the defense made it that way. Exactly. So I was actually surprised that all three men have gotten such extreme verdicts. So Travis McMichael, who fatally shot Arbery, is guilty on all charges, which are malice murder, four counts of felony murder, two counts of aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal attempt to commit a felony. His dad, Gregory McMichael, who rode armed in the bed of a pickup truck as his son pursued Arbery, is not guilty of malice murder, but guilty on the other eight charges. And then the third man, William Roddy Bryan Jr., who was the neighbor who joined the pursuit and who filmed the final moments. And whose car they used, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Is guilty of three counts of felony murder, one count of aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal attempt to commit a felony. So what you were saying earlier is that the jury was almost exclusively white, which is what makes this verdict kind of surprising, especially in Georgia. And the reason why the jury was almost entirely white is because the defense attorneys in this case made arguments against the other black jurors. I don't know how this one black juror slipped through. I know, uh, right? Because the defense team basically made a case saying that black jurors would be biased yeah, uh, because they were familiar with the case. um, And for obvious reasons, they would be biased against the the McMichaels and um, Roddy Jr., Roddy Bryan Jr. um, in this case, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like everybody comes into any given situation with their lived experience. Exactly. Uh, and the fact that the judge allowed that. So the judge. It's racist as fuck to say, okay, then we're just not going to have any black jurors. Right. And I, I'm not entirely. It's racist. It's not entirely clear to me what argument they made because it had to be something outside of they're just black. Yeah. Um, because even the judge said like, you know, this is really like kind of sketchy, but I have to allow it is like basically what he said. Um, So it must have been the way that they presented their case. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the way they presented their case was racist as fuck. Their closing arguments made me want to punch somebody. Yeah, I awful. mean, there was... The toenail comment? It was really difficult, the fact that um, his family had to sit in that room and yeah. listen to them talk about... Oh, the mom got way. up and walked out. She was like, I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really tough. But... The prosecuting attorneys did a really good job of proving that this wasn't self-defense. I mean, to be honest, it's hard to believe that that was even their defense, that this could have been self-defense. Yes, because Um, they were chasing him down. Right, because they hunted him down. But as we saw last week with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, um, you can get away with self-defense. They were attempting to use the stand your ground law, which I believe is no longer something that you can do in Georgia. It was at the time that this murder was committed. Um, I don't think that that's something from what I read. I don't think that you can use that stand your ground law. Famously, that was the law that was used to justify the murder of Trayvon Martin by George Zimmerman. I was just going to mention that because he used the self-defense claim the entire time. And what was he afraid of? A bag of Skittles? Right. I mean, and again, this was the thing that made everyone upset about that case was George Zimmerman was looking for trouble. You Mm -hmm. followed this teen throughout the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The person who you called because he did call 911 told him not to follow this kid. Um, And then he did get away with it using that stand your ground law. However, Travis McMichael, when he was on the stand, admitted that Ahmad did not yell or threaten him, um, did not brandish any weapons, didn't reach for anything, and was, in fact, running away at the time that he was shot. He admitted all of this on the stand. Yet yet it's still self-defense, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, so how could it possibly have been self-defense? You were armed. You stopped him with your vehicle. Yeah. He didn't try to threaten you. He didn't try to come at you with a weapon. Um it doesn't make any sense at all. And the prosecuting attorneys basically said, you know, they killed him because he wouldn't stop and, yep. and talk to them. Yeah. Oh, you know, so uh, William Roddy Bryan Jr. has already announced that he plans to appeal. His defense attorneys say that their client was just a witness to the event, though his car was used to box Arbery in when he was running. Mm -hmm. Uh, His lawyer also argued for a mistrial on the grounds of prominent civil rights figures, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton being in the courtroom. They were sitting next to Arbery's family. That does absolutely nothing, though. He claims that having their presence there could prejudice the jury. Oh, because they would feel like, oh, God, they're watching. I got to give them. No. Yeah, it doesn't. The it doesn't jury of sense. 11 white people. I don't think they care what Al Sharpton thinks of them. I mean, and maybe they do because, yeah, these are very like prominent civil rights figures. They've been around in the civil rights movement for a very, very long time. And they're like, literally at every trial like this. So if that were the case, it would be the case for literally every trial before. Right. So he tried to get this trial thrown out he tried to declare a mistrial and the judge was like no he obviously ignored that request so all three men face life imprisonment with or without the possibility of parole so that hasn't they haven't been sentenced yet right Uh, so we're not exactly sure what each man is going to be sentenced to um but it will be life imprisonment with or without parole and from what i read um the person facing the least serious charges which would be william roddy Brian Jr. It's too much to say every too time. Too much. Uh, Brian, I guess. 
it um he would be facing the least serious yeah. sentencing and, and then Travis Miss McMichael probably the strongest. George probably oh yeah tra- I thought Travis was probably the strongest yeah because- Travis was mm-hmm. the actual mm-hmm. killer yeah I want to pull the trigger I would be surprised if he got parole at all um Brian may get parole but even then from what I've heard from like legal analysts they're looking at like 25 years served before parole would even be considered right and given his age that would put him as a very very old man should he ever get out of prison at all all right so, rotten, rotten there at, exactly how I feel uh so we'll see we'll see what the sentencing is like I highly doubt that he's going to be able to appeal this case um the initial they're always gonna try yeah of course the initial district attorney as we said on another episode of the show um she is also facing criminal charges for basically trying to cover this up because she's friends with the mcmichaels and george mcmichael has worked for her in the past so uh she has not received her trial or sentencing so we'll see what happens. We'll have with that, that to look forward to. I remember all of that as well. My mm-hmm. God, what shit shows! Oh, awful. I mean, I'm so glad that we got the verdict that was deserved for one of the cases. I'm still so unbelievably heartbroken that um, Kyle Rittenhouse is walking free. But at for least now, I heard that he could face federal charges for crossing state lines. So we'll Ooh. see. That's a possibility. That's something that warmed my cold. I was dead just heart gonna today. say thank you for that little silver lining. I like I that. Listen, my energy is low because like my body is just like all the energy in my body is going towards preparing for my period, which is about to happen. <laughs> um, so uh, my energy is real low, but like that just gave me a spike of serotonin. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, maybe he'll face some federal charges. So something. fingers crossed that that's something that happens. For real. Yeah. Or at least have his reputation be ruined. Because I was actually reading recently that uh, George Zimmerman, who murdered Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. like can't get a date, can't get a job, boo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Well, George Zimmerman is the worst because he just kept like doubling down. Yeah. You know, like he just kept doubling down. Um, but I think probably something similar will happen with Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. In that immediately after George Zimmerman was like a right-wing celebrity for yep. a while. Like disgusting. Like he... Do you want to hear? Okay, I just spiked your serotonin. Do you want me to just to plummet it right back into the ground? I guess. Um, <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> so not long after the um, Trayvon Martin verdict came in and not, not guilty for George Zimmerman, he made money briefly signing Skittles. So, yeah, autographing them. Yeah. So. Oh. People are trash, you know. Like oh my! Some, sometimes people God. suck, you know. And uh, I imagine Kyle Rittenhouse—he has a similar kind of quote-unquote fan base. Uh, there were people who rallied around him to yep. pay for his legal defense, to pay for his bail. And I am—and you know—he's got this documentary coming out. There yeah. are people who are trying to paint him as this, like, oh, this poor little kid. And you know what pissed me off even more? So I believe it was the day that the verdict came down that I was getting like horribly harassing texts from my family and things like that. It was because I I re I got back on Facebook (laughs) for like five hours. Literally, I like got back. I was like, listen, not today. I'm in the worst mood. Okay, (laughs) no, I told that to Max and he was like, I love her. (laughs) I love her for doing that Um, because I'm not going to get into it. But I the thing that I kept thinking as I was like. 
my family that like straight up hates me, they're celebrating this today. That's all I could think Disgusting. about. Is I was like, they're happy that this kid well, got I think, the verdict. He wasn't did. it you? Somebody? No, maybe it was Cassie. Um, someone sent me a like screenshot from Facebook of one of their family members. Oh, I did. It wasn't a family member, but it was a, it's just like a friend of mine on Facebook that like, that's how I found out what the verdict was because this douche posted like a positive thing about it. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's again, I just feel like it's such a lack of empathy. I don't know how I could ever get to that point in my life where I feel like I could actively celebrate somebody getting off from murder. Right. I mean, unless I really genuinely felt like they were like wrong, wrongfully convicted, wrongfully convicted, wrongfully (laughs) convicted in some way. But with this case, like even if you want to believe that this was self-defense, which doesn't make any sense. And I already feel like you're jumping through a ton of mental hoops in order to justify that. Ah, denial. But even if that is what you want to believe, there were three people with families whose lives were lost that night yeah and what about them and they get no justice whatsoever this this person did kill them yeah like and he just gets to go home like it's so it, I don't it's know. maddening it's, there's it's, there's nothing in life that makes me want to punch a wall more or makes me hate everything more yeah than and, this yeah. kind of injustice yeah you and know? then people trying to blame the victims as well. Like yes. that was rampant all over social media. Yeah. It I was, try to stay away from that. That was hard to look at, you know, like just, yeah, I always just think about the families and how difficult that must be. Well, and then that can be a comfort for all of us. Just keep the families in our hearts. Yeah. Send them as much positivity that we can and hope that they can at least find some peace throughout their lives even though they're not getting justice that they deserve yeah oh man yeah it'd be hard hard. well i don't really have any notes on this but i feel like we should end the episode on a happy note i told keegan before we started recording for the first time ever in history the final four on the bachelorette are all men of color yeah that's very exciting isn't that wild although then you told me that we have the new like completely white bread bachelor coming up soon like he looks like colton 2.0 it's always like you know, like one step forward, two step back. You know, I mean, at least Chris Harrison isn't coming back. You know, oh, he's not. No, he's done, done, done. Ooh, yeah, he's gone. I love to see that. Me too. You know, I like that. Who else? Who's hosting? Uh, Caitlin and Tasha. <gasps> Caitlin Bristow and Tasha have been. Did you hear that Tasha and Zach broke up? No. And Katie, the like most recent Bachelorette, broke up with the guy that won the season, and now she's going out with someone that she eliminated like week two, <gasps> and they just broke up. There's so much fucking crazy drama. Bachelor drama. I'm loving it, but I'm so excited that, you know, we have a black Bachelorette. We have four men of color that are her final four. Um, I've got to say this season was probably more boring than any other ones because she kept the drama so in check, like the elementary school teacher she is. But the best love stories and the best Aww. men. I love them. They're all great. And that's on progress, everybody. Yep, that's <laughs> that's our bachelor progress corner, right? Yeah, you know, we got to start somewhere in this country. And if it right. has to be the bachelor, if it has to be bachelor nation, so be it. So you know be it. I mean? I mean, hey, so many people watch that show every week. It's true. It's true. It's got to start. And it's a lot of like right wing people that watch that show for the most part. Well, so the fact that they're becoming more progressive is important. It's on ABC. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do? 
All right. Well, that is all that we have for you today. This is coming out on Friday. So we hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're celebrating. And if you have any new stories that you would like for us to share next week, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but certainly not least, you all have been so wonderful leaving us positive five-star reviews views really on Apple podcast it's so, it's absolutely amazing and we appreciate it so much but if any of you haven't done so already we would really greatly appreciate you doing so and hopping on that Apple podcast app and leaving us a review it's the best way that you can help us and we we just love it so much you know we do and check out our merch check out our merch, merch. <laughs> really loud alright that's all we have for you today with all that being said we encourage you to, to rage on, on. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.